Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Tim, thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're going to get into a very interesting topic. You all have driven past those great big warehouses with all the trucks backed up to them and wondered what goes on inside those operations and how do they handle all those goods and move it from truck to rack to truck to that's the kind of thing that we're going to be talking about today with Mike Briones from EOS Lift USA Corporation and their intelligent solutions for handling uh, and storage and retrieval of product in cases or uh, skids in warehouse and distribution systems. Lou, you talked with Mike briefly before the show. I did, and uh, I, I think one of the important parts of uh, everything that we just discuss nowadays, somehow, some way, has something to do with COVID virus and how we are uh, managing to deal with uh, everything from uh, uh, banking to software to uh, uh, logistics to you know yada yada yada, as they say on the Seinfeld show. So uh, I did have an interesting conversation with Mike. So, Mike, uh, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on the show. So we're glad to have you here, Mike. Uh, Some of our listeners may not have heard of EOS Lift USA Corporation. By the way, their website address is EOSLIFT.US. Easy one to remember. So, Mike, why don't you give them an idea of who you are and what you do? All righty. Well, just to give everyone a brief overview of who we are, our company began as a material handling equipment and manufacturing and trade business, as many of other businesses like ourselves have. Uh, Today, we have um, evolved into a systems integrator providing solutions, services, and equipment. Uh, And the core of our business involves intelligent warehousing and intra-logistics solutions, intelligent material handling equipment, manufacturing, industrial robotic systems for packaging and machine handling. And to give you an idea of that, uh, the sort of hardware that we manufacture are automated guided vehicles, automated storage and retrieval systems, robotic palletizing, and uh, a lot more. So we actually offer customized logistics solutions for various industries depending on specifications tailored to each individual project. So that's what you do under normal circumstances. Well, we are not under normal circumstances anymore, or maybe we are under new normal circumstances. So how does the uh, COVID uh, virus affect what it is you're doing, and how are you changing your uh, methodology and business model, if you have to, to deal with the issues that we're all facing right now? Well, that's a very good question, Lou. Um, Obviously, the way that we conduct business and interact with colleagues uh, and uh, customers has changed a lot more uh, remote over the phone, uh, a lot of um, Zoom meetings, 
online. Um, we had a presentation uh, last week uh, that was through a Zoom meeting as well. So uh, definitely some projects have been put on hold for now. But, you know, the, the good news is with our kind of work is that we can go remote. So we, we are still in operation. We'll, we're still conducting business. Uh, however, the dynamic of the interaction and operating in terms of going about business has obviously changed due to the current pandemic situation. Um, but we've been very flexible and able to work around that. So fortunately, we are still in business and we are still operating. So, Mike, so, what, what happens inside the great big warehouse if I were to walk in? You know, if I'd have walked in 30 years ago, I'd see people on forklifts driving onto semi-tractor trailers, backing out with a skid loaded, driving over to a rack, raising it up, putting it on the rack, repeat and repeat and repeat. What's different today and how are you involved? Well, there's a big difference today in how warehouses look, at least for warehouses that have adopted a lot more automation technology. Now the current, uh, the modern warehouse is a little bit like a NASA station, a NASA space station with monitors and gauges and uh, robots moving. Um, but the good news is that there are still people in the warehouse. <laughs> um, people are still necessary. Um, although people uh, needed for jobs that um, that require a lot more, uh, that are a lot more labor intensive, uh, like repetitive uh, tasks, like picking up a box for eight hours a day. Now, no one deserves to be doing that kind of work for eight hours a day. So for that, there is a robot for that kind of work. But uh, people are not completely out of the warehouse. We still need people. We still need to monitor. We still need to uh, interact with these robots and work together with them. So definitely a big uh, change and difference in the scenario from 20, 30 years ago to now. And the best way that I can sort of uh, visualize it is like a NASA space station, which is pretty cool. So the robots that you're talking about, Mike, are not the C-3PO's of the world, but they're automated uh, forklifts and trucks to handle material. Is that right? So are, is your equipment uh, available to be able to work uh, 24-7? Uh, how do they recharge themselves uh, uh, and so on? I mean, is, is this something where uh, there's a benefit to the manufacturer, I'm sorry, the, manu the warehousing operation that they can actually perform more, better, and uh, safer and smarter and cheaper than the way it had been. And I'll, I'll defer to Tim's 30 years ago. We're talking really only about five or six or seven years ago. I'm sorry, can you repeat your question? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, Tim referred to the fact that uh, uh, the warehousing operations of 30 years ago is very different than the way it is today. I maintain that uh, it was only maybe five, six, seven years ago that the old warehousing methodology existed 
and now five, six, seven, eight years later, you now have, along with others, uh, a new methodology where you can uh, uh, you can work uh, with maybe less employees, but you can work uh, in uh, 24/7. You can work in dark environments, and you can make uh, do make and do more efficient. Uh, work projects. Yes, these systems, this these technologies, this hardware can operate for 24 hours out of uh, out for an entire day, uh, essentially. Now, for for example, it depends on what hard, hardware you're referring to. For example, with the AGVs, the automated guided vehicles, we actually have embedded in the software to where we can input a variable for a certain percentage of battery life let's say 10 to 15 battery percentage once the battery is drained down at that value the the hardware the agvs will actually self-charge themselves back up and then in that case another agv would take its its role while it's charging or uh let's say an agv is kind of on standby and it's waiting for its next order or its next task it will actually go back to the docking charging station and it'll recharge itself back up. Let's say it's at 80, 85, it'll get itself back up to 100 or pull itself early out from charging to go and handle a task if a task is allocated uh, before it can completely charge. So essentially, yes, these systems can operate 24 hours, 24 seven. Um, and people are still needed, however, People are not needed in more dangerous environments anymore, like, for example, handling hazardous materials or cold storage for, for food and beverage. Um, so that, that, is, that is, you know, and this limits a lot of risk, a lot of, um, how can you put it, a lot of uh, cases with uh, workers getting hurt, things like that, workers' compensation, because you have a lot less workers getting hurt. So... Yes, it's a lot safer, it runs for a lot longer, and it minimizes a lot of costs and damages to employees and companies, so it benefits both. So to your point, uh, how long can a particular piece of equipment operate uh, without recharging? And number two, how long does it take to recharge? Now, that is a good question, but it does depend on the task, uh, which, which uh, depends on the weight of the material that the uh, AGV is transporting and the distance. So if you have something that is a lot heavier and, and uh, the distance to, let's say, move from A to B is a lot longer than C to D, then, yes, the, the AGV handling the A to B distant uh, task or route uh, will drain a lot faster. Uh, how fast does it charge? Um, typically, it can take around three to four hours to charge, um, but it also depends on the model of the AGV as well. If you have, for example, the Reach Stacker, uh, which is a bigger equipment and with a bigger battery that takes a little bit longer to charge, then let's say our backpack type AGV, which basically lifts about five feet high and handles around 3,000 pounds, that takes a lot less to charge, around 
four to six hours to charge. So it just depends on the equipment. Got it. Got it. So when uh, when negotiating or talking with a prospective uh, client, uh, are you talking to uh, large warehouse operations, uh, medium or small? And I guess some of that depends on the cost of equipment. Uh, so why don't you give us kind of an insight into that? Small, well, medium, or large? All of them. <laughs> but we do work all with Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, all of the above. We do work with Fortune 500 companies, but we have uh, dipped down into smaller range, smaller scale projects. For example, with um, working with 3PL companies that handle transportation, for example, that rent out storage space and things like that. Um, it also depends on the square footage of their facilities. But we do handle some smaller scale projects, uh, mostly in regards to the AGVs, the automated guided vehicles, which include the forklift type AGVs, the backpack type AGVs. And for those, we can work on smaller scale uh, projects. But I mean, our projects range from anywhere from, I don't know, 100,000 square foot to over a million square feet. So we're definitely, uh, like I said, we're a lot versatile in, in our customer base and what we do. So I'm sure some of our listeners are curious about where you're operating from. And uh, I know uh, I know your location very well. I used to uh, be involved in a manufacturing plant out in Ontario, California. Uh, that being said, uh, so how do you deal with a potential client warehousing operation in the Midwest or, I'm sorry, the mid, uh, mid-country and the East Coast? Uh, do you have representation or do you have people on the road? How, how do people deal with you uh, uh, you know, fairly remotely. Well, you know, we are based out of California, but we have conducted projects on the East Coast and the Midwest as well. Uh, currently, right now, our main location is in uh, California, and our only uh, location in the United States. Mike, I want to talk to you about the labor component. If I've got a warehouse and I've got a hundred employees in it, and I've got forklift drivers, and I've got foreman to watch the forklift drivers and I've got uh, uh, warehouse managers to watch the foreman and so on and so forth and then I implant uh, automation and robotic movement of goods and stacking and unstacking am I replacing workers with robots am I retraining people what happens with the people aspect the big word here would be relocating and allocating the workers to other tasks. As you know, a warehouse is a very busy area and a very dangerous area as well. And I'm sure you as a warehouse owner want to limit the number of casualties that your workers go through and the problems that you have with um, workers and retaining workers as well. As we know, there's big, there, there had been a, a very big labor shortage in the warehousing industry prior to the issues with the pandemic currently. But now, 
even more so with the current pandemic uh, situation, there's even less of a, um, there's much more of a labor shortage now than there had been before. So, you know, now the, uh, the labor can be basically relocated to different tasks and not so mundane, repetitive, and dangerous tasks. Um, and yes, the, the future workforce, the future warehouse worker will be a lot more trained, a lot more qualified, and they will essentially be working alongside robotics, which does require a certain level of, um, I guess you can say, experience and knowledge. Um, so definitely the warehouse worker will be uh, evolving as time progresses and as we work closer with these robotic systems. Clearly, some of these robotic uh, freight movers inside a warehouse have got sensors on them so that they don't run over the people that might be present. Uh, is that true with anything that you're implanting, that the uh, forklift truck knows where to go and when to stop? These technologies are using state-of-the-art uh, uh, systems and uh, tech I mean, for example, six sensors are some of the most, you know, I guess you can say widely used, most used uh, sensors in the industry, which are top-of-the-line sensors, uh, LADAR sensors, um, radar sensors. Uh, yes, this is all state-of-the-art technology. We, we wouldn't put a piece of equipment out there running on its own if it's running people over. Uh, you know what I mean? And so, so – I'm not sure how much you understand the technology, but there's actually two different, uh, I guess you can say, navigation systems that are embedded into uh, these AGVs, automated guided vehicles, and this is industry standard across, you know, the industry, which they have their own form of navigation method, which allows them to sort of orient themselves in their environment. But that is a separate system from the safety uh, navigation system that they have into place. So they're two different systems, one to navigate and sort of orient themselves, and another for, I guess you could call it the safety uh, navigation system, which detects, for example, 10, 15 feet in front of itself, and depending on the speed that it's going at, it has a larger stop radius in front of it to give it enough time to be able to stop. And, okay. of course, so, we, need, we need this to be state-of-the-art technology that goes into it because you definitely don't want people getting hurt. Right. Uh, Michael, one of the questions that I'm sure that our listeners are curious about, and, and that's having to do with downtime and maintenance and so on and so forth. So how, uh, how maintenance free are, are these pieces of equipment? Number one, and if they need to have uh, servicing, uh, how are they doing that? You're located out in California. Do you have uh, arrangements throughout the country, or do you have your own people running around the country, not during the pandemic, but how, how does the maintenance aspect, maintenance aspect work? So over the years, we've established a network uh, with a lot of different third parties all across the country that help us to – uh, in our old business model with uh, referring to material handling equipment, um, sort of handling service for a lot of those machines. And a lot of this stuff is not uh, rocket science. <laughs> uh, 
we've been able to train a lot of our current um, third-party partners to handle the maintenance and service for this for these equipments. Definitely, you want a local uh, service, I guess you can say, uh, company in your area, because um, especially referring to if you have any sort of downtime, and of course, downtime equals losing money, and you definitely don't want to be losing money. So, Yes, what we do is um, we actually, for our customers, we assign a uh, third-party service that will basically just handle the maintenance for them in their local area, uh, preferably within a 5 to 15-minute distance from the the customer. And that's, of course, to provide the best service and maintenance for for these machines. Right. So... Is any of the maintenance functions uh, remote that it can be done uh, electronically from a remote location, or is it a hands-on event? Yes. Actually, some warehouses do already have a, um, what do you call it, like warehouse management software, and we're actually able to connect and route our hardware to their software but we also provide our own warehouse management software. So if they have the software already in place and they already have, let's say, staff that are handling um, that software for them, it's only a matter of uh, quick training for them to be, for us to connect our hardware to their software or train them on our own software. And they are able to detect live feed the status of the hardware, the condition, the tasks that are allocated to it. And um, so this this is the first step, but we do also offer remote, uh, I guess you can call preventive maintenance, uh, which right. does, we are able to track and manage and uh, basically monitor the status of the hardware. And of course, if any problems are to arise, and what we like to do is actually prevent any problems by sort of using an algorithm with our software that sort of detects any problems that could arise in the future before they even happen. So, of course, limiting a problem or solving a minor inconvenience before it turns into a very big problem is, is ideal because then you can eliminate the problem before it even happens. So just to continue in this vein, uh, uh, any self-respecting uh, CFO would wind up uh, asking you the question, what's my ROI? And I'm not asking you how much this equipment costs because you have lots of different pieces of equipment, but do you have a a general idea about what the ROI is? Yes. So, I mean, of course, ROI does depend on the customer and every, every customer, every warehouse, every business is different. They have different products with different prices, uh, different uh, weights and sizes of their products. Um, so ROA, ROI does depend, uh, and it is specific to each individual business or entity. However, we strive to, for example, I can tell you with our AGVs, we strive to have at the most a one to two year ROI for our equipment. Now that okay. does depend and part of the part of our process of working together with the customers is doing an ROI for them. And and, and this does involve um, finances as well as of course everything does. 
And part of that is providing a comprehensive ROI plan for them, for each individual customer that we conduct business with. Oh, that's good. It ranges that's for all good. of them, but we do we do strive to push a one to two year ROI. I can tell you, <laughs> I guess you can put it on paper that we've had an ROI within six months. As little as so that's, that's that's impressive. That's impressive, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the small, uh, the SMEs, the small to medium sized enterprises, uh, that they can see a, a, a ROI in such a short period of time of maybe six months to a year um, because this coming year is going to be a tough year in terms of uh, uh, expanding and rebuilding the business and so on. So how are you looking at uh, this next coming year in terms of uh, EOS lift? Well, of course, you know, there are have been some setbacks, as there has been for all of us. And we have, uh, you know, our own internal, um, I guess you can say, issues to resolve and to overcome, um, as everyone has and will be for the next year or so as we recover uh, economically as a nation. Um, but, you know, m- more than that, you know, right now is, is – a really good time to start looking into a lot of this sort of equipment, a lot of these kinds of solutions as the adoption of more remote work, uh, doing things more online. Part of this also, we, we can operate more online in the warehouse, and this is a great way to do it. Um, you know, most people, when they buy a car, they don't go to the dealership and pay cash and flat out purchase the car right there. There are a lot of finance options available for this kind of equipment, and if you break it down on a monthly basis, uh, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I believe that not only will this technology help us evolve as a species and operate at a new level that we could even even imagine for the future, but it'll also be a lot more cost effective and return its value in its own in a very short amount of time. So right now is a really good time to start looking into these solutions, uh, especially where people and, and, and human labor is not available or limited. So for our late uh, latecomers to our show, uh, the website uh, for EOS Lift USA Corporation is www.eoslift.com. U.S., and I presume that means United States. That's correct. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, Mike, we've appreciated having you on Manufacturing Talk Radio, and thank you for sharing with our listeners what EOS Lift does, and hopefully you'll be getting uh, contacts that have been generated from this show with interest in what EOS Lift can do for somebody's warehouse or distribution system. Again, thanks for being with us. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me and giving me the time available to present ourselves to everyone out there. And just know, you know, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this uh, together. And again, thank you guys for allowing us, EOS Lift, the opportunity to make a difference in the world and to better ourselves for the future. Thank you. Thank you. And we welcome your uh, input and, uh, 
uh, good luck to you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy your solitude. And we've been talking with Mike Riolis, who is a BOS USA Corporation at EOSLIFT.US, Automation Systems for Warehouse and Distribution Operations. And some of those are incredibly large. I'm always impressed when I drive by and it's uh, three blocks long and there's 100 trucks backed up to a warehouse operation, what's going on inside. So EOS Lift provides some of the solutions for those operations. And as always, we invite our listeners to go to jacketmediaco.com, that's jacketmediaco.com, where you can find links to all of the shows that are provided, including Manufacturing Talk Radio. And we appreciate all of our listeners. Send your comments in to us. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to us through About Us under mfgtalkradio.com. You'll find a form there you can fill out. And we look forward to everyone who listens to this and every episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.